Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. My name is Paul Marquis, your host, and I'd love to welcome you all back today. This is going to be a great episode. We're going to be talking about biceps ruptures, both proximal and distal, and talking about biceps tendonitis. So let's, let's start off with a little anatomy first, okay? So the biceps are, um, they're innervated by the musculocutaneous nerve. Not a nerve that gets damaged very often, um, but the biceps does several things, all right? And if you look at different different um, textbooks, some will say that it's a primary elbow flexor. Others will say it's a primary supinator. In my opinion, it's a bigger supinator than it is a flexor because if, you know, you see these people with proximal biceps ruptures and they can still flex their arm very well, the brachialis sits just behind the biceps, and it's uh, it's mechanically at a good position and very mechanically adv- advantageous, so it can flex the elbow very, very well. Um, a couple of things to remember. The short head of the biceps attaches at the coracoid process. It's pretty much straight on with the biceps, so it doesn't go through a curve. It doesn't run through a groove. Um, it's pretty much straight on. I don't think I've ever seen anybody who has torn their short head of their biceps. The long head, on the other hand, uh, travels through that bicipital groove, goes up over the uh, humerus, attaches to the supraglenoid rim. So you need to remember here that the proximal long head of the biceps is both an intra and extra articular structure. Now, remember, we talked about this in the knee. And this is important because if you have an injection in the intra-articular surface of your joint in the capsule um, and you get relief, that can tell you that it could be a proximal biceps problem rather than an extra-articular problem. All right? So that's very important to, uh, to remember. The biceps, proximal biceps, especially the long head, is a huge pain generator. And you'll see this. You'll hear this all the time. People say, oh my gosh, I had pain in the front of my shoulder and I went to lift on something really heavy. I heard a pop and then my arm started to feel better. And then you identify that they have a ruptured biceps, proximal biceps. So it is a big pain generator, so much so that many surgeons who go in and do rotator cuff repairs, if they notice that that uh, proximal biceps is frayed quite a bit, they'll oftentimes just do a tenotomy, clip it, and let it go. I read a research uh, article recently that showed that at six weeks after a tenotomy versus a tenodesis, the patient is doing pretty much the same. The only complaint is a little bit of aching down in the biceps, but that settles down, that goes away, and they end up becoming very, very functional with a lot less pain. So those who have a tenotomy, I found, actually do better with their pain level postoperatively than those who have a tenodesis. And uh, they, they end up recovering well, and they can use their biceps, and they can do everything they need to do uh, relatively well and be very, very functional with that. So uh, nothing wrong with that, as, as traumatic as that may sound. Um, how, do you, uh, how do you test for a ruptured biceps? Now, there are a couple different things we need to take into consideration. First of all, proximal bicep rupture is much different than a distal bicep rupture. Okay, you tear your proximal biceps; it's not a big deal. You can get away with that. 
you tear your distal biceps, and that's a big deal. Functionally, you'll lose your ability to supinate and flex the elbow uh, well, and uh, that can that is something that needs to be addressed relatively quickly. I usually tell people that within 7 to 10 days, you should be seeing an orthopedic surgeon because oftentimes the distal part of the biceps will avulse itself off, and that can be um, put back into place, and the, the patients do really, really well and uh, have really good function and good quality of life after that. So, when testing for the biceps, um, there is the old Luddington test. And to be totally honest with you, um, this is the test where you clasp your hands, put it behind your head, flex your biceps, and um, you know one will be more like a quote-unquote Popeye muscle than the other. Um, I have never used that test. Uh, I think the last time I used it, I was in college taking an exam and having to use it for that. But that is just about it. I never found it to be very reliable. What I really like to do when testing for a biceps rupture is this. I look at the arm, first of all, because almost all of them will cause ecchymosis and bruising in the, in the biceps. Shoulder injuries, rotator cuffs, they very, very seldomly bruise, but biceps ruptures bruise a lot. They cause a lot of swelling. So you'll see the obvious Popeye muscle sometimes with some people, but other people who may have a little bit larger arm, a little more adipose there, it can be a little harder to identify if it's a proximal or a distal. So one of the ways I like to test these people is I like to put the arm next to their side with the elbow at 90 degrees. I place their forearm in a neutral position and then I try to pronate while they try to supinate. While they're supinating, I grab a hold of the belly of the biceps and I move it side to side. If they're ruptured, proximally or distally, that biceps moves all over the place. And you compare it to the other side where they have a good biceps, that biceps doesn't move. And if you want to see this in one of my videos, I'll put the video in my show notes. It's a great video of a gentleman who had a big biceps rupture. And you can see what I mean when I do this test. This is something that I just kind of invented myself. I find it to be extremely, extremely reliable, especially on those patients who you have a hard time identifying if they have a true, quote unquote, Popeye muscle. Um, the... Other test that is extremely, extremely sensitive um, is the uh, hook test. And the way you do this hook test is you take your um, shoulder, you flex it to 90 degrees, you flex the elbow to 90 degrees, and you basically look at the palm of your hand. Okay. Once you do that, you take your other index finger and put it right around the tendon of your distal biceps. And you can put your finger right in there and hook right in there. And with somebody who has a distal bicep rupture, you cannot get your finger in there. Okay, so I want you to try that on yourself. I'll do up a video and I'll demonstrate it for you and I'll put that into the show notes also. And you'll find this to be extremely reliable. Actually, there's research out there that shows that it's 100% accurate and it's, it's actually more accurate than MRI testing of the distal biceps. And remember, super important to identify a distal bicep because in the long run, these can be very, very detrimental um, to patients. So I learned this hook test when I was giving a lecture uh, down in Bangor, Maine, and I had a, uh, a fellowship-trained shoulder and elbow specialist who was lecturing for me at the time, Dr. Jessica Ronowitz. Um, she actually participated and was doing some lecturing for us. And when I was talking about biceps ruptures, uh, she, she demonstrated and showed this one to us. And, and it's very, very helpful. So it's something that I want you to be using on patients more often, especially when they have uh, elbow injuries or anything traumatic around the anterior aspect of the uh, elbow. Now, I did tell you we would talk about uh, biceps tendonitis a little bit. 
Now, these look exactly and sometimes very often like rotator cuff tears or rotator cuff tendonitis. They're very, very tender near the subacromial space. They're tender in the groove, so it's important that you practice trying to identify where that groove is and how to find it uh, with testing. You can utilize a speeds test, which causes more discomfort there. One of the things that I look at when looking for biceps tendonitis is I palpate the groove and that subacromial space. If they're tender there, then I work my way down the groove and down into the musculotendinous junction of the biceps. When I get into that area, if they're still quite tender, then I, I usually attribute their discomfort to a biceps tendonitis. I would really treat them almost the same as I would a rotator cuff. I would avoid impingement activities. I'd avoid cross-body motions. I'd avoid activities with an outstretched arm in, the, in a supinated position and let that rest a little bit. Injections for these are a little bit trickier. Okay, You want to make sure that uh, you don't just do an intra-articular injection for an extra-articular biceps tendonitis or biceps impingement. And um, so that I leave up to the experts, and uh, they do a really nice job with that. And I always ask patients, you know, where did you get your shot? Was it intraarticular or um, did they go straight in or did they go along the tendon? That can tell me a lot also because if they do get some relief for a week or two after that, it's a good indicator of what their problem is. You may want to hold off on these folks with heavy bicep uh, type activities and, um, and kind of let it settle down. I really stress working the rotator cuff a little bit more with those folks and uh, they uh, seem to uh, progress really nicely. So um, make sure you check out the show notes. I'm going to have some great links in there. And uh, go to our YouTube channel. I have some uh, a demonstration of a bicep rupture in that um, YouTube video. And uh, please come to our website, sign up for uh, our podcast, and that way you'll get them every Tuesday when they come out. You'll get them as soon as I send them. And um, please uh, go over to iTunes, give us a rating and a review. That would be greatly appreciated. Send any comments that you have. I would love to hear what you have to say about uh, about our podcast and uh, any future episodes that you might want to listen to. Let me know, and I'll put something together for you. All right? Thanks for your time. Have a great day. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.